that's all I need. Place to clear my mind, trust no cigarettes, just weed. For my mission, Godspeed. They say this what they want, so I give them what they need. Now I got my mind right. Got my money right, I'm holding shit down And all these niggas talking funny like Like my niggas, the runners up Fuck you nigga, your runners up Crush your favorite rapper like cans Let's put some money up Had to fall back from the gram I had to hush it up Had to double stuff them grams I had to hustle up Spent a little time with the fam I got my muscle up Never sell that shit to your man It's for the customers, homie I got my mind right Got my money right Got my mind right Got my money right, got my mind right, got my money right. Hold up, what they talking about? Welcome to What They Talking About Podcast. I'm your boy Jay. I got Cozy, Jaren, and Quan. And you are now tuned in to season three, episode one. Let's get it. <laughs> Today we got crazy Shit, special guests in the building. Right we got a crazy special guest in the building today. Yes, sir. Like, BSF, signed artist, signed Empire. Mm-hmm. Young World, what's good, bro? What's up, my boys, man? I appreciate y'all for the platform and having me, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure, man. We happy to have you. I've been, I been tuned in. I know I'll be, I be watching, bro. I'll be watching. Y'all be on my radar. Where? So my manager was like, she's like, yo, we got something coming up. I'm like, who? I do my research because I know y'all doing your research on me. And I'm going right. to get mine too. I'm going to do mine too. You know what I'm saying? But no, nah, y'all boys doing y'all thing, man. Y'all putting at work. That, bro. We appreciate that. We see you doing right. your thing as well, man. Uh, man, just first and foremost, man, how you doing, man? Like, how you doing today, bro? Same man, I'm that. blessed. I'm uh in the middle of a lot rehearsing. You know what I'm saying? Got a show coming up this weekend. So I'm just prep- preparing for that right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've been back in Buffalo almost a week now and it's just been straight non-stop grinding as it usually right. is but you know it's different when you're in a, Buffalo bring a different grind out of you that you don't really mm-hmm. have sure. nowhere else you know what I'm saying I'm connected here so it's a lot of moving around a lot of moving pieces but you know what I'm saying overall I'm blessed man get to do what I love every day for a living you know what I'm saying can't ask for much more than that for real right for true real. Can't that's the life that. yeah that's the, the dream man no definitely most importantly uh, today we want to celebrate you man mm-hmm. uh, you know we on this platform. We want to give you your flowers. We want to show you the respect that you deserve, man. Like, and most importantly, we want our listeners to get to know you and who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. we know this story, but we want them to understand the story and know, you know, where you come from as well. We all from the same place, but we all got different experiences. Mm-hmm. So Facts. Most importantly, we think that somebody could could learn from this conversation right here. That's what it's here for. You know? What yeah, I'm saying? definitely. So, kind of just jumping right into it. Kind of what got you involved with music? Like, was it like a cousin? Or was mm-hmm. it a family member? Pretty anybody? much like your your origin story. Like every yeah. rapper got yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. They you had to start like, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I would say it was always in me. Um, and then I just learned it as life went on. I just started to learn what music was meaning to me. You know what I'm saying? But um, I come from a very close knit, you know, spiritual family. You know what I'm saying? Religious family. Okay. So you know, gospel music runs deep so like mm-hmm. you know that's that soulful mm-hmm. music that's the that's mm-hmm. the that's what make you feel it's more so i mean it's this gospel songs with no words it's just about the feeling and you know what i'm right. saying and it brings that out of you so that was something that always resonated with me from a really young age so like anything that would bring that out of me i would just attach myself to it you know what i'm saying so like i remember being younger like i used to spend a lot of time at my grandma house 
and she was heavy on the church. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had church every weekend, but even during the week and stuff like that, I would find myself watching movies like The Fighting Temptations, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that where these songs would just, for some reason, would just sit well with me. And they would, I would be find myself, you know, singing every every word, learning how to sing the songs, you know, learning all the dances and stuff like that. And, um, you know, that's kind of where it stemmed from. And from there, it just kind of grew. Like, my parents saw music in me from a young age, and they put me into um, drum lessons yeah. early on. And um, I remember, like, going from Boy Scouts and walk down the street to um, drum lessons. And my sister was going to piano lessons at the same time, but she had – she didn't want to do it no more, so she quit, and I couldn't beat her. I was I was a youngin', so I couldn't beat her by myself. So my mom took me out of drum lessons. I was Damn. mad about that, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I picked it back right right back up in school. You know, when I was in elementary school, fourth grade is when I picked up the trumpet, um, and that, you know, I think what drum what drew me to the trumpet was again that soulfulness that that sound of it where it comes from like mm-hmm. jazz music and yeah, funk music. You know what I'm saying? That. They play it. Mm-hmm. like that jazz. All of those like you know what I'm saying? Like those yeah. so any soulful song or like. Like um, those big band sounds that really right. just have like a lot of energy. The trumpet is being played. Even when kings walk in the room, trumpets are being played. It's always it's an instrument that's always been used to like grab your attention and mm-hmm. let you know that something big is here. And that instrument really just caught my attention. So that was my main instrument for like forever, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you know, music has just been in me forever. And like I said, as I grew up, I just found things that would just like come to me, and I would just grab from it and grow, draw inspiration from it. And um. Eventually, I got grounded because I was <laughs> I was messing like, up at school. Like we all do, as kids. Yeah. Like we all do. You know what I'm saying? You know, that punishment story. hit different. <laughs> punishment hit different when you were a kid and you trying yeah, to go outside, yeah, play yeah. the game, your all of that. Coming to the door, your friends. Can, you can't do can, nothing. Can, 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 and my mom was to say that now. I'd be like, okay, I was in the house anyway. But like when I was a kid. <laughs> And there's nothing else to do but play with your friends and play Get the mad game as hell and you all can't that. Go outside, I'm tight, bro. I'm tight. So, you know, my dad was like, uh, he bored. So I guess one of his old friends was like getting rid of some old music equipment from like the 90s, though. This was like back in the day, like mm-hmm. when, you know, hardware was still a thing. It wasn't yeah. just computers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess he was getting rid of old equipment and stuff. And he gave my he gave it to my dad. And my dad was like, I'll give it to my son. He play around with this. He bored. He on punishment. He can't he got no video game. <laughs> right. He can't well go outside huh, and play with this. So he gave me that. And, um. I remember it was like this old MPC. If y'all don't know what an MPC is, it's a beat machine. You know what I'm saying? It's used to just program drums. And like I said, back in the day, these drums, it was literally meant for you to record like the loops and then you would record over those. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't meant to make a full beat, like a mm-hmm. full production. You could you could only, only could program drums. There was no instruments with it. Um, but it held 100 beats. And I remember I cleared the whole thing out when he first gave it to me. And within like less than a week, I had made 100 beats. And, Damn. you know, at the time, I was writing poetry. I was really, really into poetry at the time. And um, so I would have, like, books full of, full of poetry. And obviously poetry rhymes and has rhythm to it and stuff. Yeah. So these beats eventually turned into songs when I combined it with my poetry. And, you know, I would just be a kid on punishment, running around my room like I'm performing like I'm a little Bow Wow or something. Like, <laughs> like I'm saying, stage diving off the top of my bunk bed yeah. into, like, a, you know, a crowd full of pillows. <laughs> but, like, um, so that's kind of where I the artistry that like I want to be an artist yeah. started to right. come to fruition that before it was just like I love music but then it started to turn into like I want to be an artist and a performer you mm-hmm. know overall and then you know from there you know went start recording I learned how to make beats and stuff like that which is a whole nother I don't know if we want to get into that yet but you know what I'm saying I don't want to jump too far ahead but so yeah it eventually just turned into me making songs like that that's dope that's fire it, it sounds like like you said it, it was in you 
You know what I'm saying? And uh, it sounds like you took advantage of an opportunity that was presented to you at a young age. For mm-hmm. real. Like, who uh, knew? Who knew just you being on punishment? Being on punishment. Be the rest of your story. The rest of your story. Yeah, yeah for like, real. Thanks, mom. Yeah, <laughs> no, thanks. Shout out to mom. And yo, technically, I'm still on punishment. Like, she never was like, yo, you good. She never said, all right, you can come off punishment. She never said you good. I just started going outside again. Like, fuck it. What time is that? I might got to be back in the crib. I don't know. She probably, I don't know, man. But yeah, so. It's just crazy how things be working out that way, you know what I'm saying? And just everything in life works out that way sometimes when you Mm -hmm. let it, you know what I'm saying? When you let it and don't try to force it. And that's something that, like I said, you know, I come from a religious family and just having faith in God and, you know, just believing that everything works out for your good, you know what I'm saying? Everything has its purpose. No, no, uh, I didn't try to plug that song right there just now, but (laughs) (laughs) that's the hook. My new EP sold out right now. (laughs) Shameless plug, get it, get it, get it. (laughs) But facts, though. Being being at that age, who was kind of like your mentor uh, growing up? So, so musically, um, when I first like when I had got the beat machine and everything like that, and my dad found out, okay, he he's he's into music like that. Um, Kate Cole, who's somebody that is like a pioneer for our city, you know, he's a producer, um, but he was engineering and producing for everybody from DMX to Ashanti to like every big name that you could think of coming through Def Jam for a certain period time period, he was doing it. You know what I'm saying? He from he Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? Um, he had a studio in his crib, and my dad knew him from back in the day. He used to DJ. Like, he used to be a lit DJ in the town. Yeah. So my dad was like, yo, um, I'm going to bring him through here. He going to bring me through there. And uh, we met up with him one time. And that's actually where I got my name from, Young World, because I don't even know why still why he was calling me that but like i went to the <laughs> studio and like when i first met him he'd be like yo young world what up and every time i come to the studio he would say that now i remember like because i was recording my first project with him i had to be like 14 years old and he just kept saying young world this young world that and i remember telling my dad one time like yo bruh my name is lil c why do, <laughs> <laughs> why do he keep calling me young world like i don't even know what that is like he keep disrespecting my name bro like i don't know dude dude acted kind of funny but eventually as I was recording my first project, um, you know, it kind of, the name stuck because I started to realize that what I was saying in my lyrics was speaking to the name Young World. It was, you know, a testament to what I wanted to stand for as an artist, you know, just being a leader for our generation and generations to come and even being the bridge between older generations and the, and, and the younger right. gen- and the newer ones. You know what I'm saying? It's like the young world is, is our future. The young world is always, no matter what generation you're in, a thousand years from now, Excuse me. The young, the young generation is gonna eventually be the leaders of the world. So, who, who better do you want leading your future than a good leader? Like you, you know what I'm saying. You have to be a good leader to right. raise good other good leaders. You know what I'm saying. And I feel like our generation needed a lot of guidance, needs a lot of guidance, um, and just positive figures, especially in the hip hop and urban community. You know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, to answer your question, Kid Cole was a huge mentor and still is a huge mentor to me. Um, musically so um you know i learned almost everything that i know about music production and engineering and everything like that from kid Cole. you know when i went to his studio i would just i'm a big learner i'm a big studier of the game and just soaking up everything i'm good at being a sponge you know what i'm saying right. like i was telling y'all earlier when we was chopping it up a little bit before this like i'm really soft-spoken because i'm more of just like an observer and i, I like to learn every as much as i can about my environment and where mm-hmm. i'm at mm-hmm. and the people around me before i feel comfortable enough to kind of open up myself you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know, just always been that way. I don't know really particular rhyme or reason to it. I just that's just the way I am. I'm the same way. So, um, 
when I was working with Kid when I was real young, I would watch everything that he would do. And um, he had this program called Logic. I'm sure, you know what I'm saying? We just talked about yeah, Logic, yeah. but <laughs> I'm sure a lot of producers and artists know what Logic is, um, industry level stuff. And basically, at the time, I was recording myself like off of my mom's laptop, like off of cracked programs <laughs> and stuff like <laughs> that, that I had figured out how to download off the internet. Um, didn't really know what I was doing, but when I started going to K-Code Studio, I would just try to take everything that he was doing. And this is a key. I'm about to give y'all some game. But, like, if you're ever trying to learn something, you got to test yourself and allow yourself to really apply it, right? So I didn't necessarily know the terminology of what he was doing, but I was able to see what he was doing. I would bring my laptop to the studio with me, and I would follow along everything. I would go in the booth, record, and then before he pressed any buttons, he would stop recording. I would come out and be like, don't press nothing yet. And I would come sit right next to him and be like, all right, go ahead, and just watch everything that he's doing. And That's then I would, I would go home. And I would have him save everything on my on my drive and everything like that, cause he 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 took a liking to me early and he was trying to give me the game, so he was telling me like, yo, no, you need to put it on your drive and stuff like that. And I would go home and like open up the session that we just did at his studio, and then I would go and record myself and just start tweaking it and trying to get it to sound like whatever his was. I would use his as like a template, as like a reference, and I would try to get mine as close to his as possible. And that's kind of how I learned how to become. A producer and engineer and everything like that and eventually just creating my own sound get to play around with my own voice and stuff like that making my beats and so that was that's one one of if not the biggest mentor besides my parents you know musically um but as far as just life mentors just my family man yeah support system is key you know my parents raised me right you know having surrounded being able to surround myself with great friends as well like-minded people and um having the wherewithal to find the people that are like that, you know what I'm saying, sure. that I do want to surround myself around. And um, being able to cultivate those relationships too is really important. So I've, I find mentorship in my friends and my peers and my parents, you know what I'm saying? I feel like we all are mentors to each other. It's not, sometimes when people say the word mentor, they kind of tend to put people on a pedestal, like I want to be true. like you. But a mentor is nothing but just somebody that you could really learn from. You know what I'm saying? I learned from my little brother, my little sister. So, mm-hmm. you know, I find kind of mentorship in everyone that I'm around. That's smart. Yeah. That's hard. That's definitely a dope way of looking at it. Absolutely. Um, I would say that you just, from you just t- saying that you would mimic what he was doing and you would do it mm-hmm. like at a younger age, like, man, you just had it. You just yeah. had it. Yeah. Like, you just knew what to do because it made you, I would say, multi-talented because mm-hmm. it's, it's easy for somebody. It's a lot of artists now. I would say that probably don't know how to record yourself or make their own beats or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you do. Mm-hmm. You can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that could be so beneficial for everybody, but everybody don't know how to do that. But you had that right there. You took advantage of the opportunity, which is fire. That's probably the biggest thing as an artist that I like. A biggest piece of advice, one of the biggest top five, definitely, of just learning how to like learning how to do whatever you need to be done. Word. You know what I'm saying? They don't have to be at a certain level, but get it to a point where it's good enough for you to have like something of quality, you know what I'm saying? At least mm-hmm. to start off with, have a good base, at least be knowledgeable about everything to the point where like you could go to a studio and tell them what you want. If you if you mm-hmm. don't got the right equipment, but you can go to the studio and be like, all right, I need you to do A, B, and C because you know what you're talking about. You might not have the necessarily means to do it sometimes, mm-hmm. but you know what you're talking about enough mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, even guide somebody else to help you out better. You know what I'm saying? So just being able to take things and like take, advantage of opportunities as well that's probably like top five advice like take advantage of opportunities that come your way 
and being able to just recognize an opportunity when it's there. Some people be so caught up in the moment or like they're not paying attention enough that opportunities just pass them by all the time that if you just took a second to think about the situation that you're in, there's probably a lot of opportunities around you right now that you're not paying attention to. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And learn how to change any situation to your advantage is because it's going to be hard. It ain't going to ever be easy, you feel what I'm saying? There's going to be things that's going to come your way that you, it might throw you off your pivot a little bit, but if you're able to just swivel, like, I'm an avid boxer, right? I used to box a lot, so I use a lot of boxing analogies when I speak, and I refer it to life and just music. But, like, when somebody throw a punch at you, you might get hit, but if you learn how to roll with your punch, if you know how to pivot out, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, out of a position, if you're in a corner, you know how to work your way out of it without with taking as least damage as possible. Yeah, you might take a couple hits, but you tough enough to get through those hits. He ain't gonna, as long as you ain't getting knocked out. That's a fact. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know how to maneuver around the ring, the ring well enough to survive for another round. You know what I'm saying? So the same analogy applies, taking advantage of opportunities, you know what I'm saying, when you when you figure out somebody in the, in the ring got a certain uh, rhythm to their punches, you figure out how to slip yours in between their punches. So now you, you hitting them, but they can't hit you. You see what I'm saying? And that's how yeah. you start to win. Seize that's how you start to gain advantages and seize opportunities. You know what I'm saying? And then it's going to be – things become a lot easier that way when you can just think of it with, like, everything – work everything out to my advantage, everything out for my good because it'd be so easy to just get down. This is a lonely sport. Music is a sport. I call it a sport. Music is a lonely sport. Just like boxing, you the one that got to get in the ring and fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm the one that got to get on the, on the stage and perform. Mm-hmm. And if I have a bad show, that's on me. They're not going to say your manager suck. They're not going to say your photographer ain't do his job. They're going to say that was a terrible show. Young world suck. You know what I'm saying? Not to say suck like that, but yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Still they, all I the fingers will be pointed at you at the end of the day. Like you said, and that's what any profession, that's not even about just being an artist. That's what y'all podcasting. Mm-hmm. Y'all got to know what to say and what not to say. Y'all got to know that's when somebody is in the position like, you know what I'm saying? Y'all giving somebody a great, a good platform. Y'all got to understand, like, what that could do for y'all as well. Mm-hmm. If y'all see somebody that y'all be like, this person going to be big in the future, taking the opportunity to meet them where they at right now. Straight you know up. what I'm saying? Building that relationship and finding people that believe in you. You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that separates the people that get to a certain point mm-hmm. in any career, in any field. I don't care if you're a lawyer, anything. You know what I'm saying? Just take advantage of opportunities and things that present themselves to you. And just pay attention. Things... If you really want stuff, things come to you. You to just got to pay attention to, to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People, I feel like people just got to pay attention more. That's it. That'd be people's biggest barrier. They don't. My they grandma don't. used to tell me that all the time when I was younger. If it's for you, it'll come to you. You don't even got to worry about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You just got to be able to, to recognize it and see the opportunity like you're saying. Yeah. So that's that's really it, right? That's really like the that's some good advice. That I, like if y'all was to ask me like what's some good advice, I would say that. Seize opportunities. You know what I'm saying? Take advantage of opportunities. Have good people around you that believe in you and make sure you believe in them too. I want to see everybody around me win just as much as they want to see me win. You know what I'm saying? Because that keep me motivated. That keep me inspired. Mm -hmm. I love when I could tell somebody, yo, bro, you should do this. That'll take it to the next level. Or if I could be like, here go 50 bucks to go get this piece of equipment that you need to do this. You know what I'm saying? All of that type of stuff, like, I want to believe in the people around me. I have to. If I don't, I don't want the people around me. Because it's like, it, it just kind of defeats the purpose. Like, exactly. we should be, whenever I'm around my people, like my team and everything like that, I want, like, inspiration to just be going, like, crazy yeah. mm-hmm. for all of us because all we're going to do is lift each other up and make our, make each other be as best as we could be. You feel me? That's what you need around you. That's most important. Growth. Yeah. 
One of our homies. You, you in the running for uh, best guest we ever had so far. Because <laughs> <laughs> you came in here, got right to it, talking your shit. I love it. Not worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. I love these conversations. I was telling you earlier, bro. Like, I be letting the music speak for myself, but mm-hmm. all of this stuff I be saying in my music. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like, again, paying attention to detail, me saying this might make you catch a line and be like, oh, that was a bar. Yeah. Right. yeah. That might sound simple. Like, I forgot who I was saying this to recently, but I'm like, I find the most beautiful things to be like the simplest. Like, I love when something is so simple that is, but it's complex at the same time. If you take the time to really look into it, you know what I'm saying? There's always like deeper meanings to stuff like that. So like, even when I rap, like I might say something that's really like, it means a lot, but as, on a surface level, it might sound simple. Like, okay, that was fire. But then you think about it, or I might, we might have a conversation and just go deeper into it, and you're like, dang, that meant that with this, with that. You heard right. what he said. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So these these type of things make me feel like when people listen to my music, it means a lot more. It means, you know what I'm saying? Like, it takes it to that next level. So that's why, I, again, I'm going to tell y'all how much I appreciate y'all for allowing me to do this. Every chance I get to do this, it's like, I love it. That's what we you know what here for, bro. That's what we made this platform for. It's for everybody to come and just share that knowledge. We want to give it back to people so that they – you know, mm-hmm. it's young ones, younger than us. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, a lot of us didn't have that opportunity, that opportunity what didn't exist in Buffalo, really. Mm-hmm. And now that it's here, it's like, okay, it's up, uh, up to us to give back early on because it could be another little, it could be a little kid that's 10 years old. He get a beat machine. They could do, he could listen to this podcast. I'm like, you know what? I want a beat machine for Christmas. I want a beat machine for right. my birthday. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just be locked in since then and he could be the next superstar out of Buffalo. Facts. You know what I'm saying? And off of just listening to what you got to say and how you see it through your vision right now. Mm-hmm. Like right now, looking at it, it's like, yo, it's possible. Yeah. Like, look at that. these guys right here, man. Yeah. These guys right here, it's like, yo, it's possible. You know, it's obtainable. Facts. It's achievable. It's not something where, like, we got to be like, oh, where y'all from? New York. <laughs> City. New York. <laughs> yeah. I'm from Buffalo, bro. Like, yeah. that's where yeah. we from, man. You know what I'm saying? So, it's just great to have you here just to have this discussion. So, like, one thing I want to ask you, like, just kind of, like, moving forward with everything is, uh, when did you know that you wanted to take it serious? Hmm. I would say around, like, 9 or 10 years old when I was, like, I want to I want to perform. You want to perform. And I didn't, like, performing is, like, kind of, like, a broad term, right? It's not, doesn't necessarily mean an artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, performing could have been me being in, in a band, playing instruments. You know what I'm saying? You could have been on Broadway doing Yeah, like, yeah, I could have been an right. actor. I could have been. Plays, there's a lot anything, of forms yeah. of yeah. just entertaining or being a performer. You know what I'm saying? So, I just knew I wanted to entertain people, and I, I love that I have, I know that I had a, I have a gift that people like to see, and it brings joy to people, and it brings inspiration to people. You know, being that kid that people be like, yo, do that little dance or, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, <laughs> or sing that song that kid, you were singing earlier. Kids, they do that earlier. to me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But to me, it was like, you know, some kids, you know, some parents, I know they joke about it on social media all the time, like when your auntie be like, yeah. come do that little dance, yeah. nephew. <laughs> but like, honestly, I love those moments where it was like the whole family get to see me do what I do and they appreciate me for that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it feels good. It feels special. You know, not saying like the fame and stuff like that because, Quite honestly, I don't know if the fame is something that I even desire. I don't know if that's something that I can't say that that's what I'm striving for. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, and that's not even to be like the humble guy or anything like that. Just honestly speaking, like if I wasn't an artist or wasn't a person that was just my job required me to be on the forefront and stuff like that, I necessarily wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Like if like there's producers 
who are super talented, but you don't know their face, you don't know their name. Yeah. And that's perfectly comfortable comfortable for them. You know what I'm saying? There's some type of uncomfortability that I have to do to be an artist, which I understand that comes with it. But also, um, I recognize early on that like what I'm what I what do I think is worth doing the things that I want to do, which is influence and have that platform. And attention just comes with that. I was just about to say I that. mean, Bill Gates, you know him because he's rich. I mean, he's an inventor, but you don't necessarily have to know his face. We all know him for being rich, most people. A lot of people that you ask will just know that he's really rich, but they don't even know why he's rich. You know what I'm saying? Same with, there's a lot of probably rich people that probably, be, people know their name, but just for the simple fact that they're rich. And there's probably some understanding with them that they know that just because they're really wealthy, people know them. Not even because they're necessarily doing anything to be, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, their face everywhere. It's just that people know them for being successful. And that comes with being successful, but it also comes with influence. In order to have influence, you have to have attention. So I can't say, like, I'm not attention-seeking. I am I want influence. So I understand that that means that you have to have attention. That's you know what I'm saying? Off. But that's not really – I just feel like that's a fair trade-off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something that every artist kind of got to gauge, like, what do you think is worth it? But to answer your question, like, when did I know that, like, this is what I wanted to do, I would say really, really young. And that's why I kind of got a head start. You know what I'm saying? I'm only right. 20. I'm 25 right now. I'm sure we all around the same age. I'm I like, it's, I got a lot of years put into this. Like me, if I'm starting at nine years old, I mean, that was, well, how long ago? 16 years ago? Yeah. So 16 years of pursuing a music career, nine years of not. I've been doing this for, you know what I'm saying, more than half more my than life half so life, far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I've been doing this probably almost twice as long as I haven't been doing it. So this is really all I know. This is really what I do, and it's always been. I've always been that guy that makes music. I've always been that artist, that entertainer. Um, even if it's dancing, you know, being a part of dance groups, being a part of jazz bands, being a part of chorus, you know what I'm saying, choir director and stuff like that. It's always been some form of entertainment, um, some form of music that kind of has been me. Everybody's known me for yeah. So I would say I knew really, really early on that being an entertainer is what I wanted to do, and then when I said when I when I learned that the beats with the poems became songs, right. that's when I was like, I want to be an artist <clears throat> specifically, and this and that's that's what I started to focus on. Like this is gonna be the driving force. This is gonna kind of be the vehicle to do everything else that I want to do. I knew that from like probably like 12, 12, yeah. 12 to fourteen years old. I recorded my first album when I was fourteen, like my first official album, like actually on a CD, like selling to people and stuff. That's, that's hard. So like when I was fourteen. There's, I was grounded, so my dad was like, you know what I'm saying? You stay. You, <laughs> you always grounded. grounded. Yeah, damn. Now, this is the same. <laughs> this is around the same time. You're right. He never, never, he never get off, off though. <laughs> but they was like, you know what I'm saying? You do your, your school work. You do good in school. You uh, We take you to the studio. You can go to the studio. That was that was our trade-off. Yeah. Okay. I got to go to the studio if I do good in school. What, uh, so, what high school did you go to? Williamsville East. Williamsville. So that's the thing, too. Like, A lot of people see me with BSF and, you know what I'm saying, see what's going on and when you say Buffalo, they kind of forget about the surrounding areas a little bit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying I came, I came up from Williamsville, from East Amherst. You know what I'm saying like that's the suburbs of Buffalo. You know what I'm saying like I grew up on LaSalle for a short period of time, and then right I moved. The from me. I was on Shirley. Oh, where? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and then I moved out to the suburbs. You know what I'm saying when I was young, like second grade. So I was kind of like both worlds kind of thing you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah and this was like my parents moved us out there um but i'm the, i was the only, we was the only ones in our family that moved out there so it ain't like 
I'm always out there. Like after school, we right back. You know what I'm saying? We right back in the city yeah, with the right. rest of the family. Um, it was just a matter of like we going out there for better opportunity for school and stuff like that. And you know that was a thing in itself, just having both of those worlds, you know, coinciding at the same time. But um, yeah. So we we all come from Buffalo, but there's a lot of different sides of Buffalo that people forget to talk about. I feel like sometimes, or they don't pay attention to because of was highlighted right now, yeah. you know, being the inner city with Benny and Word. you know Conway and Westside and stuff like that. So, you know, I I ain't too proud to say that Williamsville stand up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Saying, ain't, nothing, ain't nothing bad about that, man. That's where I grew up. I got a lot of pride. You know what I'm saying? Hall of Fame in my high school, literally for real. You know what I'm saying? So like, I did a lot for the Williamsville school district, and they were they they really, you know, tipped their hat to me for that. So I get a lot of love out there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm like a, would you consider that a different town? Like, if I was to say hometown, would you say Buffalo is a hometown or would Williamsville be the hometown? Buffalo. 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 So, like, I ain't even gonna lie to you. That, that area, you know, like a celebrity over there, I would say. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have my own notoriety and fame out there, you know, that's separate from, like, the whole Buffalo area. It's yeah, like around, yeah. around where I'm from, it's like everybody like, yo, that's young world, like, for a long time. So, for to a sense, like, I've kind of been used to a certain level uh, of attention yeah people. like i've kind of become used to that a little bit being known as a thing you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying As, aside from myself curtis people really knew me like only as young world for a really long time like that's kind of been a thing so i'm so i'm used to that by now like i'm used to most people not even knowing my name people usually just be like that's young world he do music most people that i know they know me because of music not because of my own because of me Person, personally personality. yeah yeah so I, you know, to a certain extent, I'm used to that by now. So it's not really a shock yet. You know, I, it ain't that even at that level yet. I can, I can say that it's a shock, but you know what I'm saying. I feel like I'm ready for that part. So overall, your experience uh, at Williamsville was, was cool, kind of like just. I mean, it has it has its struggles. You know what I'm saying? Like it has its, its struggles that some might not understand or might not think about because. It's just a different upbringing. It's a different lifestyle than what my family's used to seeing. So, like, mm-hmm. there'd be different certain struggles that, like, you would feel uncomfortable coming to your parents to talk about because they didn't come up the same way you did. You know what I'm saying? Growing up in the suburbs, being the only one of maybe ten black people in the school, being looked at as, like, especially being a rapper, like, come on now. Like, that's yeah. as stereotypical that's as the, it that's gets. super stereotypical. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't get more... It doesn't get more stereotypical than that, yeah. you know what I'm saying, being sports or a music artist, you know what I'm saying? So it's like fitting that stereotype but also trying to be my own person and not be stereotyped was really right. hard, you know what I'm saying, to be like, yo, I'm not just like the rest of the hip-hop artists that y'all probably think I am, you know what I'm saying? And I felt like I had a lot to prove because of that. Like, I'm going to prove y'all wrong because y'all, y'all think one thing about me and that's not even nowhere near close to true. So it's like I almost got to prove, like, yeah, I'm still going to be an artist, but I'm going to do it the way that I'm going to do it, not the way that y'all think that I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? So it was a little bit of chip on my shoulder. Like, people look at you a certain way, like, like you a rapper, you this, that, there, you think you so cool. You know what I'm saying? You know, obviously the subliminal racism and stuff like that, like, of course, passive-aggressive stuff that you got to deal with on a daily. Like, there's his own struggles, I will say, but I'm not going to sit up here and cry about it as if it couldn't have been worse. You know what I'm saying? Understood. So, like... And like I said, you know, I come from a family that come from the city, come from the hood. You know what I'm saying? I was raised with those principles and morals as well. So it ain't like that's just, like I'm just not hip. You know what I'm saying? It's not like yeah. I don't know what's yeah. up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm I'm out here enough. I'm understanding enough, and I'm wise enough to know what that lifestyle is like as well. You know what I'm saying yeah, I've experienced I've ex- experienced enough of that as well. My on my own in my own way to understand what that's about and know that that's not what I want to do. Plenty of opportunity to do that. You know what I'm saying? And chose not to. Chose a different route because, you know, I had an opportunity in my to be to change the dynamic of my family, a lot of di- in a lot of different ways. You know, I'm the first, from what I know, the first man in my family that hasn't even been arrested, hasn't been, you know, in no That's trouble or anything like that. You know what That's I'm saying? So, taking pride in that. Yeah, hell yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a round of applause for that. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Like, I don't think our black community applauds enough people no pun intended like for trying to not be like that yeah. for trying to be better like in a sense even in the hip-hop community like people were really big up you like yo bro I d- they did time you know what i'm saying they didn't yeah, been through this been through that yeah and really you know stand on that like i i did that you know what i'm saying but it's like bro that's not good yeah that's not a good thing you know that you even had to do that yeah did and you ever find yourself not to cut you off but did you ever find yourself trying to like struggle in making music like did you ever think to maybe make music that would cater more towards the people that were like expecting you to be expecting you to be a certain type of way or yeah i always believed in myself enough you know that i'd be able to tell the story my own way Mm. okay you know being able to still relate because like i said i'm i've been through enough i know what it's like Mm. you know what i'm saying like i said my my older well, they my blood cousins, but we grew up as brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been around them enough. I've seen enough. I've hung around enough people. I've been in enough situations that could have been crazy. You know what I'm saying? To know what's up. It's not like I can't tell the story. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of artists who I feel like tell stories from, tell other people's stories. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong with that. That's kind of the art of a music artist, right? That's kind of being a lyricist and a storyteller. You kind of have to have that ability to make you go a long way. You know what I'm saying? So to make you go far in the industry and have a great career, you kind of got to be able to do that. But I feel like there, I don't really think there was ever a time that I'm like, I'm not, I'm not hood enough. I'm not gangster enough in my music. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. There's, I've had criticism before where people would be like, you just got to be a little bit more aggressive with it, with your approach, like your delivery. Like people would be like, you saying it too nice. Not that you saying the wrong thing. You just saying it too Too nice. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you saying it too lighthearted. Even, like, stuff that I would talk about, they'd be like, you don't sound like you feeling it enough. Mm. And I've heard that before, but that doesn't necessarily mean be more hood, talk about some street yeah. stuff when I ain't yeah, never That's more of a stuff. tone type thing. It's more of a just mastering your craft. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Your tone, you just figure out your voice and how to deliver things a certain way to, to evoke that emotion that you're trying to get across. Um, and again, that's just part of the art. You know what I'm saying? Being Before able to that. do that. So. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say there's ever been pressure. If anything, there's more pressure to just be authentic, and I feel like it's harder to. It's harder to, get people to kind of. Like your music, I feel like when you're just telling it from your perspective, because it's really kind of hard to find people that have similar mindsets and li- and lifestyles as you. Mm-hmm. Um, because people tend to not. The way that I am, people tend to try to shy away from that in person. Like, you wouldn't really know that somebody would be thinking it the way I think because they wouldn't say it because it's not technically the cool thing to do or the cool way to be. So it'd be like, you would think that most people don't, aren't like me. But then when I started making music, that was, there was a point where I'm like, I got to be more open and start really speaking what I really want to say instead of trying to say it how somebody else would say it. 
Let me yeah. just say it. Let me just say what I mean and stop playing. Word, be up. blunt. Be straight. Be straight. Forward. You know what I'm saying? I used to try to beat around the bush sometimes. Mm. I feel like unintentionally though. I was a lot younger and was trying to like appease to people. Right. But as I got older, I'm like, I'm just gonna say what I really want to say. And that's when I realized that people really resonate with that more. And people started to come to me, even on social media and stuff like that, started to build like a good following of people who would be like, bro, thank you for saying that. Because I felt like I couldn't say that because of whoever they around or because of society make them feel a way about it. They felt like they couldn't say that or they didn't have the voice to say it. So thank you for saying that. Thank you for making me feel like I'm not alone. And that's what kind of like was a turning point for me where I'm like, yeah, let me stick to that. Yeah. Let me stick to that. That's definitely like one of the dopest films. Like even with our podcast, like when we put out episodes and stuff that could be controversial, or mm-hmm. we we say stuff on here sometimes that other people don't got the gall to say, and then they come back yeah. and then reward you for it. And then like, yo, I appreciate that episode. Like that yeah. was like that's uh, definitely a, a top tier feeling right there. Yeah. You ever felt like you wanted to say something so bad or do something so bad, and then when somebody else do it, you'd be like, I should have just did it. All the time, bro. It's just like a weight lifted off your shoulder. Like yeah. I, I ain't, I ain't wilding. I ain't right. crazy. Yeah. I ain't, yeah. I ain't tripping. Like you feel like it's just not you that just felt like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's never, it's never. And been. you know that kind of, you know, I've been, I've been to therapy recently, and that's kind of opened my eyes to something that that part about things where it's like you're not crazy bro like there's other people who feel like you who think like you for a long time i've been so silent about just the way that i think just my mindset about stuff and how i see the world and like the world is really like a wild place for real you know what i'm saying Honestly. but people act like it's just it just is what it is yeah and it's really not it's really not <laughs> it's not supposed to and be. it don't even have to be like things don't have to be that the way that they are a lot of times people continue those things because they think that that's made it's, they think it's, it's normal or right. they think that it's, it's the cool thing to know. do you know what i'm saying people normalize a lot of things that should not be cool and that plays a big part on our mental health and like the way that we think and the way that we view the world and when you somebody who you feel like if you ever been in a place where you feel like bro like everybody think this is cool but i don't want to do that i want to do this and if i do that everybody gonna think something about me or if i do that everybody gonna say something about me or if I be like, yo, I'm anxious about this, they're going to be like, you a scaredy cat. Why are you scared of that? It's just life. You got to deal with it. Or why that bother you, bro? It just is what it is. When I went to therapy, I started to learn about it and learn that there's way more people that think the way you think than you think there is. What it's up? just the fact that they're not, they're not saying it, just like you're not saying it. What you know what I'm saying? therapy for, specifically? So I dealt with anxiety okay. pretty much forever. You know, I remember being like a kid, just being like a skittish kind of kid, you know, you know, nervous all the time, afraid of a lot of things Um, like cop sirens and the ambulance sirens would, you know, like be going down the street and I would run in the house, stuff like that, where I should be old enough to understand what that is. But for some reason, I'm like, nah, that's wild. I'm going to the crib Um, or somebody might be walking down the street. That's like got a little weird walk to them. I'm going in the crib. Even though that person might have just had an injury and limping because he broke his ankle. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't know that. I was a kid. But, like, I just go back. when I And I didn't think about this until, like, I wasn't able to even speak about it like this until I went to therapy and I had an understanding. But I would say, like, f- over the past, like, three three or two years, two or three years. I don't know why I said three or two. That sounded weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> two, three or two years. Um, the last, like, two or three years, I started, it got to a point where I couldn't control it. Remind me to whoop his ass later. Why she say it like that? Why it sound like that, right? Disconnected. 
But uh, but now to touch on that therapy thing you was talking about, I'm, I'm I just started going to therapy mm-hmm. like last summer. So I really yeah. think it's dope and it's cool that you like you talk about that because mm-hmm. that's one of those things that people don't do. open up about. You know yeah. Yeah, a lot of people not, don't speak not about it. Or, like like you were saying, they have that mentality of like it is what it is, so I'm not going to speak on it. But my experiences with it, I also suffer from anxiety and a bit of depression. Mm-hmm. But just going and talking to somebody about it really like just like you said it really showed me that it's like the shit i'm going through is like normal yeah exactly there's probably it's like, way more people that think like that than yeah because you. we're just going through you like damn like am i the only one everybody else seems yeah. like they so put together like what the hell yeah but missing? we realize like, it's really all the front because they probably think the same thing about us yeah when honest. i go in the room i'm not like yo bro i'm anxious y'all right <laughs> you know what i'm saying right. i'm going in the room and i'm acting chill i'm acting like i ain't nothing i'm just Man. chilling just but really i'm in the inside i'm like I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's probably but it's probably though. five other people in the same room as you saying, saying the same, the same thing. Shit. Yeah. If you was just to be like, yo, bro, you good? Nah, we out? Yeah. yeah. And then go outside in the hallway and talk about it. Mm-hmm. For real. It would probably help so much more than what people yeah. realize. But like I just feel like anxiety well, not even anxiety, but just mental health in general needs to be a topic of discussion that's discussed way more, especially among our black community. Hundred percent. Um and you know, with me like when everything with COVID and stuff like that started to happen, like I've always had a bit of health anxiety as well. Like I'm really like, I don't like that health stuff. Like that stuff is scary to me. You feel what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so like, um, you know, so my, my situation is anxiety and PTSD. I always knew anxiety was there, but PTSD, I never really thought about um, until it was explained to me the mentality behind it or the science behind it and how it works. And I was like, this makes a lot of sense, my guy. I was literally saying this to my, to my therapist, like, <laughs> you got all the answers, right? So, and really all he doing is just listening to what I'm saying and just almost repeating it back to me. And it's like, when you hear it from another person's perspective, mm-hmm. it's like, or from another person's mouth, they might say it a different way and you'd be like, mm, mm. I just said that, but I didn't realize I said that. Or I just right. told you that I didn't realize that. But he really just, the therapy is really meant to connect the dots for it to make sense to you, I feel like. Yeah. It's not going to cure anxiety. It's not going to cure depression or PTSD or anything like that. It's going to help you make sense out of it. And once you make sense out of it, you learn how to manage it. It doesn't scare you as much. Because I used to be scared to have anxiety attacks. Now I'm anxious that I'm about to have anxiety attacks. So how am I supposed to stop? It's counterproductive. <laughs> it's a circle. You feel what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not even going to say used to because I still be like that. You know what I'm saying? Even when it's like travel anxiety. Like when I had to come here, when I, I live in Atlanta now. Like when I had to, when I had to fly here. I'm telling my girl, I'm like, yo, I got, I'm getting traveler's anxiety. Like, I don't know. I just don't feel right. She's like, chill. You just probably nervous that you got to travel and stuff like that. I'm like, you right, you right. And then it's, it's having that understanding and being able to tell the people around you as well so that when you have something like that pop up, you can be like, yo, I ain't feeling right. Because when you ain't feeling right or your head, your head space not right, you might think you bugging. But it takes that as, as other person and that understanding to be like, nah, it's probably this do this let's take some breathing exercise let's do this and it helps you manage it better it's not meant to cure anything nine times out of ten anxiety ain't going nowhere right ptsd ain't going nowhere depression ain't going nowhere but you learn how to get through it it. how to deal with it and it's not it doesn't drive you to the point like i said the other a few years ago is when maybe two years ago maybe three years is a bit far but two years ago i would say you know, up until that point, it was like I had anxiety, but I felt like I could manage it pretty well. I felt like it was mm-hmm. a normal amount of anxiety. Everybody has anxiety to a sense. It's mm-hmm. a it's a survival mechanism, really. Right. You know what I'm saying? Whenever your body feels like you're in danger or something's not right, you'll get anxious. So you get nervous. That's a fight or flight response. That's normal. So to me, I felt like it was something that I could control. 
then until it wasn't. And then once it was, once it was to the point where like I felt like I'm going through anxiety, I can't do nothing about it. That's when I was like, I need to get some help because mm. I don't even know what else to do, bro. I can't like I'm talking to my parents about it, they don't know what's going on. I talked to my brother about it, they don't he don't know what's going on. It's like don't nobody know what's going on, and neither do I. Right. Somebody gotta <laughs> so, know. Yeah, somebody, somebody gotta figure it somebody out. Somebody gotta know something. Somebody, <laughs> somebody gotta give you know me an saying? answer. And so I'm like, let me try therapy. You know, shout out to my aunt, man. She she put me on to like this therapy uh, consultation service in Atlanta. It's like a Christian one, though. Mm. You know, so, you know, I told you earlier, like, my faith is huge and stuff like that. That's a big component into everything yeah. I do. So when she told me that, I'm like, all right, bet. So, you know, I went to him and I started to learn. And just when I started to learn, bro, I'm just like, man, I control anxiety. It don't control me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Anxiety is supposed to be there in a sense. It's just a matter of learning how to control it and learning how to deal with it, man. And PTSD, you know, I, I got PTSD from losing people really, really close to me. Like, I've lost a lot of family members and friends. Like, my best friend since second grade passed away, you know, when we was teenagers. Um, you know, that left a scar that ain't never healed. My condolences, my brother. Appreciate right. you, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, one of my cousins, I say, is like a brother to me. He passed away during the whole pandemic and stuff. It wasn't even from that. That was from, you know, drugs and you know street related stuff like that mm -hmm. and um then you know dj shay passed away you know what i'm saying my uncle son and his daughter my cousin chastity we was mad close they passed away from gun violence out in california like people that was really close to me I, they were you know i was losing people i've lost a lot of people that was close to me so like that type of stuff had a lasting effect that i haven't i haven't been aware of you know you think you just putting stuff off in your head you just mm -hmm. kind of like you know like you thought you got over it but there's a book that my therapist put me on, and I don't even—I never even read the book before. But I, the title of it in itself means a lot. Whereas the body keeps the keeps the score, the body keeps the score, and it basically means like you could think you got over it, but your body gonna remember that. Mm -hmm. Any situation you in subconsciously, you thinking about your brain is thinking about this is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff plays a part into just like the way that we feel and stuff. And I just think we need to do better a better job of taking care of ourselves. And like I said, being aware, we need to pay attention to ourselves. And really just be on our P's and Q's with ourselves first and everything else going, you know, fall into place around the, the people around us. You might help somebody else be like, bro, why are you going to therapy? Bro, because of this. Bro, I was just thinking that last week, bro. Put me <laughs> on. Give me his number. Now your best friend. And yeah. Now he in therapy. Now y'all good. You know what I'm saying? you. It's a, it's a snowball effect that we need to really take advantage of for real. I know I had walked away for a second, but did you you share your uh yeah my experiences like, with therapy yeah. and everything? But I got a question for you about that though. Like, what was oh, yeah. what was there? This is a two part question. Was there a time where you was like therapy ain't for me because it ain't gonna do nothing mm -hmm. because of the typical stigma about it? And then if it was, when did what did it take for you to be like you know what I'm going to therapy? Um. So yeah. So the first one, I always thought therapy was like a good idea. But similar to you, I kind of felt like I can handle this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like nothing too crazy is going on for me to feel like I need professional help. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But I always thought it was like a good idea to do it. But it was a moment last summer I was just feeling crazy. Like I yeah. was just really sitting in my room just staring at the ceiling like, yo, like don't none of this shit feel right. Don't nothing feel good. The people I'm talking to, like, we just were having regular conversations. I'm like, this means nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, everything was just, like, kind of spiraling. And I was just like, it ain't never feel like this before. Mm -hmm. And this too might pass. 
but I don't never want this shit to happen to me again. Mm. <laughs> For real. Yeah. It was just like real draining, heavy weights on me, like feeling. So I was just like, nah, I just need to reach out. And I, I reached out through the Cerebral app, actually. It's like an app that like gets you in contact with therapists and stuff like yeah. that in the surrounding area. And that's what I was able to do and get in contact with people and have conversations and exercises and stuff like that. And Fire. that really kind of like helped me manage everything. That's what's up, bro. Mm. Do you encourage the people around you to do it too? Like, do you, yes. have you met, like, have you realized that people around <laughs> you probably, probably like opened up to that, about that to you? Oh yeah. Other people have definitely told me that because we actually talked about it on our podcast and a couple of people came up to me after that episode telling mm-hmm. me that they signed up with the same service that I was using mm-hmm. and they were saying they was very grateful for just having those conversations. Cause like we were saying before, it made them feel like they wasn't crazy or like all the stuff that we were saying ain't just in their head. But I tell one, two, and three to all go to therapy all the time. Yeah, <laughs> no. And they give me that. <laughs> but do you yeah. feel like you My feel boy. like you don't need it, or you just feel like that's not something that I don't know. Personally, it's, I just feel like it's it's not for me. Why though? I don't know. I can't sit. To be honest, not to push it on you. By no, the way. no. To be it's honest, a personal choice. I don't even know how I do a podcast. Like to be honest, like I don't like sitting still talking for hours or like long periods of time and stuff like that. Like. I am genuinely the type where I can sit in a room for hours in silence mm. and not that I'm thinking about stuff or anything like that. I can just really just sit there for silence. Like I have a whole girlfriend that I live with and I will sit in the bed next to her and be silent. Like, right. Not cause I don't want to talk or there's nothing to talk about. Just like, that's me. Like I can be silent and not be bothered by it at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. About you, bro. <laughs> I don't, He's the fifth I, member of today. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I gotta uh I just gotta like a tendency of dealing with things. Like my own method. I is, feel you. I, f- I felt like to what he was saying. It's, it's become points to where I felt like maybe I should kinda reach out and like seek some professional help or things along those lines. But then I was like, nah. Like, but you were able to get through it. I mean, <laughs> what choice do you have at the end of the day? Therapy. Just, therapy is the choice. <laughs> no, but I'm, but I'm saying, like, if you if you don't choose the option of therapy and it's like you feel like you, to what end? It's like you feel like you don't have any other options left. The but only option is to go. get through it. Yeah, you got to find yeah. a way. Yeah. So it's it's kind of I just deal with things in my own way, in my own manner. Like me, I kind of joke about shit a lot. Like a mm-hmm. couple episodes back on the podcast, it's like, me personally, I've never been like clinically diagnosed with depression, but I go through things like everybody else. And then it's like, jokingly one day, made up a a brand called Depressed Boys Club. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I lash my my stuff out in jokingly manner, mm-hmm. so I can kind of feel better about it, like myself. Like if I can laugh at it, mm-hmm. laughing always makes me feel better. So right. I feel like if I put it in the terms where I can laugh at it and reflect on it later, then I'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's right. Like I said, I don't think therapy is necessarily for it. Well, let me say this. Therapy in itself, right, is just a matter of something that helps you get through. Through things. Mm-hmm. So that that is therapy in a sense. Yeah. Even I mean, watching the comedy might be your therapy. People or have retail doing, therapy. Doing comedy yeah. or, That's true. you know, having an outlet of creativity that could be just coming out as a, you know, mm-hmm. co- as comedy or something that you find fun or entertaining to you. Like, in a sense, this is therapy for me, too. Whereas, I yeah. get, if I if I feel some type of... Excuse me. If I feel, like, some type of burden or anything like that, where I feel like I can come to them and be like, yo, this week, let's talk about mental health or something like that, or something right. where I feel like I need to express in a way that I can't escape without actually telling people my problems, because 
growing up, I never really opened up to people because mm-hmm. I lost my mom when I was really young. Mm. So, growing up, I was kind of always sorry to hear that. By yeah, the way. like that's all right. I appreciate it. But growing up, I was always asked like, "Are oh, you okay? You okay?" And then it kind of just like sheltered me from not like expressing my emotions to people. Right. So, growing up, kind of still deal with those same problems, but. I find ways to express them in different ways, and this is kind of an outlet for it. So it's like if I feel like I need to speak about something, mm-hmm. I can disguise it in a way where it's like I don't necessarily have to express myself in a full extent, but I can still get it off when I need to get off. You know you're getting it off, but yeah. you don't have to show the world exactly. that you're hurting. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, know, I feel that. You know, Music was a, was my therapy, is my therapy still. Like I said, like I, I like the music. To, sometimes I'll say it in a song, and I just don't speak about it. And people be like, that's you. You meant that in this song, or you you was you know what I'm saying like you that's that's what you meant to say, or um, I mean people ask questions all the time like wow you said that in the song but you didn't say nothing about it to me mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's like sometimes I don't want to talk about it. Sometimes I'm talking to myself, mm-hmm. and the, the the fact that I can express it that way to say it in a way that gets that emotion out that I, wherever I'm feeling you know what I'm saying, and then I could even go back to it and listen to it from a third person point of view and just be like as if this is my favorite artist talking to me and sometimes hearing somebody else say the same thing that you're going through is is comforting you know what i'm saying so i might say something on the record and then the next time i'm feeling that way i could go back and listen to that record and it would sound like i'm having a conversation with somebody that's telling me exactly what i need to hear you know what i'm saying so that's therapy in itself too but therapy doesn't always have to be just you go talk to a stranger and tell them your problems it, it it's also a learning experience it's also a you know you know what i'm saying you get the you get the understanding of what's going on to me this knowing the scientific reason behind the way the brain works is is comforting because I know that there's a reason in rhyme to what's going on, not because you're crazy. Yeah. Right. There's things that have happened to you that affects you this way. And that's that's just what happened. You know what I'm saying? And to me, I'm cool, like that's life. But at least there's a reason. At least I know I'm not bugging out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At least I know I'm I'm not just thinking these things because my mind is wild. It's just literally because I'm hurt or because I'm, you know, traumatized by something and stuff like that. So, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. <coughs> I don't mean to bring down the mood. Nah, nah, nah. nah, <laughs> nah, nah. It's fine, we, man. We, this is, this is this real life. Oh, yeah, exactly. This yeah. is a, this is what we got the power for, to have yeah, those real life conversations in real time. But that's that's real. You know what I'm saying? That's real talk, bro. Like, but it ain't like everything is just always sad. Like, yeah. I be it be lit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's lit, but it's just at the same time, sometimes I be in my feelings. You know what I'm saying? Life. Not to make, not to, you know what I'm saying? But it just is what it is. And if y'all dealing with anxiety, man, just just figure out a way to get through it. And you don't got to hurt. You don't got to feel that pain. Just know you're not the only person that feel like that. And sometimes that's enough for somebody to hear to be like, you know what? I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? And even if you're not, it's... I always say it's, it's okay, okay to, to not be okay. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like in, in, in areas like that, you can learn more about yourself and who you are and how to overcome things. So it's like if you're not okay, it's okay. Sitting not being okay until you are okay. Mm-hmm. Like you you figure a way how to get through it. It's a method to everything. Like you said, even if it's you seeking therapy or writing writing poetry or I don't know what Matt do, but whatever he does, <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody got their own method of release as long as you release at the end of the day. Nah, for real. So, you know, and it comes throughout it comes out through the music. You know what I'm saying? That's stuff that I be wanting people to hear in my music. And just get that feeling. You know what I'm saying? There's songs that like on my new EP Soul, like there's songs that I wrote 
talking about that. The songs that I wrote talking about like the struggles of being where I'm at. Like there's like when you when you want to come up and you making it, like when people think you made it, there's a lot of difficulties that come with that that what people oh yeah think. I bet. You know what I'm saying <laughs> it ain't just all imagine. peaches and cream, man. You know what I'm saying? You still I'm not yet in a position to make sure my whole family good. You know what I'm saying, I'm I'm definitely making strides towards those things, but it's like it's still a lot that I'm trying to accomplish. It's still a, a long way to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is really the very very beginning stages. Even though I've been doing this for 16 years, I feel like I'm just now starting. You know what I'm saying? To the masses, you know how many people haven't heard is obviously the way more people who haven't heard a young world than who have so far. So it's like I got a lot more work to do. So, so what we can do is get into that. Yeah, we know Let's that you it. are um, you are signed to BSF. Mm-hmm. So, what comes with that alone is just a nod of approval from who you you around. Facts, and, and just the camp that you signed with, like Benny the Butcher, he, Rick Hyde, mm-hmm. Boat, all of the boys, man. I don't want to be nobody out, but like Flex, shout to Flex, all them boys, Facts. man. Like that, that's your camp, yeah. city boy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, Bro, you were part of a crazy camp, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> how so, is it? I know you you living in Atlanta right now, right? Yes, sir. Cool. And y'all y'all uh, uh, y'all stay together, right? From my not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. Did we do? It's a BSF house. Yeah. Which is like, City Boy called the making the band house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not that. But it's it's funny because everybody already that's if you there you already made the band. Gotcha, but you know what I'm gotcha. saying, but it's like he say that because of just the, the the dynamic that is made up of of just being a house full of artists and creatives and producers that's just like hungry and trying to you know what I'm saying do their thing. So it's like that's what the making the band house was, the actual one. Um, but yeah, so that's in Atlanta. But right now I got a crib in Atlanta. Fire. Um, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, just a blessing to be able to like I said make a living off of doing what I love and be able to stand on my own two feet as a man. Off of just straight music yeah. is, a, is a blessing. That's definitely fire. So how was it being a part of BSF? Like, but how did that even come about? Like, how did you yeah. even get to the point of, uh, you know, getting a con- having a conversation with them to eventually sign it with them? Like, how did that, what's that origin of that story? So it came about because um, I owned a recording studio in, in Buffalo mm-hmm. before um, probably when I was like 20 years old. Um, like 19 or 20. Yeah. Me and my dad. So I, I had, remember I'll tell y'all, like Kid Cole mentored me for a long time. So I had right, learned right. how to engineer and all of that stuff for like for a minute and I got nice with it. So I'm like, I want to make bread off my talents instead of working. I was working at a nursing home at the time. And I'm like, nah, this ain't, this ain't it. So I, um, I went to my dad. I'm like, yo, we got X amount of money. You know what I'm saying? This amount of dollars. Let's go build a studio. My parents both were entrepreneurs, you know, you know me growing up so they instilled that in me very early i got to see that very early and learn a lot of things so i'm like let's let's build my own business i made a, a recording studio me and my dad built it from the ground up and um started getting my clientele up so i would have like a lot of really a lot of buffalo artists come through you know what i'm saying um i used to have people from syracuse come rochester you know what i'm saying like surrounding areas as well just come through my studio so i was really i was really getting it at a young age i was a hustler so one time, uh, shout out to DZ. Y'all know Denzel, right? Yeah, Y'all heard of DZ? Yeah. He um he hit me up one time and he was shooting a video for Conway. He's like, Yo, I'm shooting this video for Conway. I need like this grungy like warehouse vibe, and that's what the aesthetic for the studio was. It was like in okay. a warehouse kind of like 
like this real like gritty look to it. And um, so he he wanted to shoot the Conway video there, so I told him to pull up, and he, they pulled up with the whole gang. So, um, ironically enough, Boat had a session that same day. So I, when they came to do the video shoot, Boat was finishing up his session at my studio, and um, he was like, "I'm gonna stick around, you know, that's game. I'm just gonna hang around here." I was like, "Alright, cool." And then um, so when they shooting the music video, I'm just playing playing music in the studio, just you know, feeling the feeling the ambiance. I ain't really yeah, right. not with the intentions of like y'all gonna hear my music. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, City Boy heard my music, and he's like, yo, who is this? He's, like, asking everybody, like, yo, bro, who music is this? And then they kept saying Young World. He's like, man, who is Young World? And then when when I got introduced to him, I feel like I was expect what I think he was expecting to see was, like, this older dude, you know what I'm saying, with, like, mm-hmm. kids and, you know what I'm saying? Like, he got yeah. this, he, some older dude, but he saw me. I'm, like, a young 20-year-old. Um, he's just hustling. He like, yo, like, this your music? I'm like, yeah. He let me t- let me holler at you. He put me to the side and he just like, yo, what's your situation? And you know, that's just asking like, what you know, what you, what you doing with your music, really? And I'm like, bro, I don't really got no situation. My team is really just me, my parents, and my lawyer. Where you know I'm saying, just my family. Like we, this is just what we is right now. And at the time, like, I wasn't really looking for no situation at all. Anyway, like, not no, not no deal per se. You know, I've been in situations already. Like I said, I was doing it since I was nine years old. I've been in, you know, meetings with Def Jam, Atlantic, you know what I'm saying? Major labels, you know, turning down contracts because it just wasn't right. So, like, I've been happy. And I got a great lawyer that's been by my side for a real long time. And my parents are really smart, you know what I'm saying? So, like, they never let me get into a situation that I shouldn't have been in. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? Being wise enough to understand, like, what situation I was looking for if one was present itself was really important and crucial so um so when he sat down like i told him you know my teammate i ain't really got too much to it right now i ain't really doing nothing i'm just vibing i'm just making music you know what i'm saying just trying to get trying to get lit building yeah. a brand and he like yo i want to take you on tour with us and i'm like all right so at the time i was going back and forth between buffalo and atlanta a lot just you know just working making my moves and um i was in atlanta and he called me one day and he was like yo i'm about to fly you out to orlando benny doing the plugs i met tour and he was like, you going to come do the whole tour with us? I'm like, all right. He flew yeah. me out there. And I did the whole tour with them boys. And um, that's where I grew my relationship with everybody. That was my first time meeting everybody. I had only met City Boy at that point. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. that's my first time meeting Benny, you know, anybody from the whole BSF camp. And um, I got to see firsthand what it really was hitting for. You know, we from Buffalo. I know who Benny was. Yeah. But I didn't know it was like that, though. You know what I'm saying I was it was very limited information on what I knew about Benny and even before all of this happened Boat used to try to get me to sign to BSF for a long time like, that's something that people don't even know like Boat used to come to my studio all the time for like a good year straight and be like bro come rock with BSF I'm like no like I don't even, I don't even know y'all boys like that you know what I'm saying like and people got to think too like that ain't no I don't want people to take that out of context like I literally didn't know any of them. Like I, like I told y'all earlier, I come from the suburbs, bro. Like I'm not, I wasn't really around like that to even be in the mix with them boys for right. us to even know each other. The only reason I knew Boat is because I had the studio and he was a Buffalo artist, so he heard about the studio. He coming through, so like, this is not like my everyday hang around crew. You know what I'm saying? So True. it's not. I don't know really too much about anybody that got anything to do with BSF. So I was wasn't really comfortable with it, with just being like, all right, bet, come on. You know what I'm saying? Well, Boat was presenting that to me, but, you know, City Boy threw the alley-oop, and, you know, about a year after that tour, um, I signed. Right. And um, been signed for, like, two years now. You know what I'm saying? And um, eventually, that led to the Empire deal that I just recently signed. And, um, 
But to answer the second part of your question about how, like, what's it like being signed to BSF? Yeah. It's, it's fire. It's fire. And there's an other side to it as well where it comes with, like, a certain standard of bars. You got to be able to rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, especially being the type of music that I got. Like, people know I can rap. So it's like, if you're going to rap, bro, you got to rap, rap. You know what I'm saying? See to that or sing some R&B, bro. Stick to that because, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's coming from a camp of Benny is a heavy spitter. and He's highly, highly respected in the game as a spitter. So, like, any stamp with the BSF on it that Benny is, you know what I'm saying, giving the nod to, they're going to be like, you got to be fire because Benny fire. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, it comes with that too, but it also comes with people expecting a certain image, expecting a certain, like, sound. Sound. You know what I'm saying they expecting it to be like a Griselda sound, expecting it to sound like Benny, yeah. you know what I'm saying, street rap and stuff like that. But I used again, I use that to my advantage because it's a shock factor. You know what I'm saying? I'd be humble, but I'm gonna big myself up. I got fire music and it ain't about the streets. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. It's man. just and it's like when people hear that, they be like, Oh, this don't sound like Benny, but this is raw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's the shock factor adds a little bit something to it when they hear me and they be like, oh, that is not what I was expecting. That's It's a little bit better to them. Yeah. You know, so if I was rapping like Benny, they would compare me to Benny and that'd be a hard thing that it's hard, a hard bar right, yeah, to yeah, meet. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little bit easier the fact that I don't rap like Benny. It's a little bit better <laughs> on me yeah, because yeah. it's like then I got to rap as good or better than him in order to be even considered. <laughs> so. That's what it's like being signed to BSF, man. It's a lot of opportunities. You know, you get get into a lot of doors that otherwise wouldn't be open. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's definitely something that you you wear with pride. You know what I'm saying Absolutely. you you definitely like, and you understand everything that's expected of you as an artist. As long as you know that, you just move accordingly. Like them boys don't never ask me to do nothing that's not me. You know what I'm saying? They Benny literally have conversations with me, but like just do what you do. Continue doing what you're doing. We just gonna put it on a bigger platform. Platform. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just it feels good that they ain't trying to change nothing about me. Like I said, I've had situations before, and they'd be like, "Do like this, or you gotta rap like mm-hmm. this, or move this certain way." It's like, nah. So, it's it's cool, man. It's cool. Definitely a dope opportunity. Absolutely, man. I I just look at it like this, man. Like you took advantage of the opportunity as a young age, and you just continue to take advantage of the opportunities now, and uh, you get access to rooms that not a lot of people could go in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it's a very select few of people that can say that they even had an eye of approval from a Benny the Butcher, let mm-hmm. alone anybody else within the industry. So, like, hats off to you, man. Take advantage of the opportunity. And you young doing it, too, man. Like, Yeah. Keep doing it. <laughs> for right. sure, man. Like, nah, for real. Appreciate that. Like, you, you, you've been doing it for a long-ass time, but shit is just early on for, for the masses to know who you are. And it's only just going to keep going up from there, man. That's what we want to talk about today. And. That's what we're going to keep talking about. We're going to keep bigging you up and show you support and love. Appreciate that's, that. That's what we're here for. Like we got each other. Buffalo kids. That's what we is. Hey, yo, like I was telling y'all before, off off the air, it's, we, uh, it's our responsibility, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, to take it to that level. You know what I'm saying? Them boys doing what they supposed to be doing for the town, but it's up to us to take it to that next level where it's supposed to be at, where we know it could be at. That's what people waiting on from Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? The, the opportunity is there. Again, we all got to take the opportunities right. as it presents itself or else Buffalo won't go back to being what it used to be. And don't none of us want that. We all know what that was like. 
You know what I'm saying? We fought, we fought for this recognition for a long time. We clawed our ways up the mountain. (laughs) It would kind of be a slap in the face to the people that came before us to not take advantage of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? People that got into those rooms, got got into those doors. Not to say that they did it for us, because they might not even know us, but they they doing it because they know what it. They know they understand what Mm -hmm. they what they creating. They understand what movement that that they doing. So like, you know, like I said, it's up to us the next wave to really continue to push the envelope forward and really take it to the next level. Buffalo full of mad talent. Right. Mad talent. Mad Probably one of the talent. most talented cities that I've been to. You know what I'm saying? That I could tell, you know, obviously I'm not from other cities, but we got all the talent in the world. Bro, Buffalo is just making this transition to super to, creative. To showcase that talent as well. It's a lot of things that's going on within the city that before it wasn't happening. Why do you think that is though? Man, I think the city it is since nothing happened before, it was since it wasn't happening before, the city wasn't used to it. So now you have this exposure, like these guys going on to Jimmy Fallon, and it's like, whoa, that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. They kind of kicked that door down, like we were saying, and open it up, and it's like, okay, we got all these other creatives, and I think the city is more accepting the people with their ideas uh, around around the culture, what the culture is. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like, but y'all doing the event? I remember when I got introduced to you by Brad. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're doing the show on Hurdle, yeah, yo, shout out to Deion Dawkins for that event too. That's my dog. Yeah, you know what I'm like saying like that. Those mafia. Never. Not happened like that before. Facts. Like it, and just seeing it, I remember just it was me and him walking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, it was Benny the Butcher. Like, oh, yeah. shit, Rick High. Like, they just, yeah. everybody out here. We from Buffalo. We just out here doing regular stuff on Hurdle. Facts. Then y'all get up there performing, and I'm like, yo, I told Brad, I'm like, yo. Fire. He was like, yo, I know him. I'm like, yo, bro, introduce me, man. I got to talk to him. And then we got chopped it up for a little bit. Yeah. Shout and out to Brad. It's my dog. Yeah, for sure, man. My baby Brad, man. Get better soon, Brad. Yeah, get better soon, Brad. Not for, for sure, real. Man. That's my dog. But yeah, man, from that moment, I was like, yo, I'm tapped in. And uh, ever since then, I was just paying attention to like what you had going on and everything. And then I even seen you see you followed our podcast page. We was like, yo. What the hell? Like, yo, yeah. man, this is real, bro. Like, what's yeah. going on? I'm like, I told you, you got to be, like, be the fan page, bro. Like, <laughs> this crazy, bro. I'm like, damn, bro. Like, I really. Because that's when we was, we was, like, just starting still. Word, man. Yeah. And it's like, we have ho- a list of hopefuls. And, like, yeah. the fact that this opportunity is even here, it's like, yo. This, this is a blessing. Yeah, this we honestly, crazy. we've been checking them off. I ain't like, gonna hold you. We've been going crazy. Like, I'm doing your thing, bro. I'm, saying, I'm trying to say, bro. I've been watching the joints, bro. Y'all, y'all doing your thing, man. Appreciate Three you, seasons. Man. That ain't, a lot of people can't say that. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and y'all got, it ain't like, y'all got numbers under your belt. It ain't like a, it's a five, five episode season. This is, right. yeah. y'all got joints. You know what I'm saying? Going on 50 episodes already. Close to. And, and how many years? Two. two. Almost two. Not even yeah, two. Not even two. Yeah. Like a year and a half so far. Yeah. It'll be so two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two August. August. Yeah. Y'all doing it. Y'all doing it, bro. No, I appreciate you, bro. And how do you, I mean, so, like, I don't really know the podcast world. Like, so, like, I don't know, like, how it is to come up. Like, how do you realize your progression? Like, how do you, hey. how do you, is it just look at views or? I mean, it's analytics with everything. But mm-hmm. uh, you get, you get weekly reports and stuff like that through uh, the stuff that we upload our stuff through. I got to leave Asia. All right. All right, bro. Not uh, the pod and dip, but. <laughs> Pot and dip. <laughs> Pot and dip. Craziest thing you experienced on tour? Plugs on on tour, tour? Plugs specifically? Yep. Or just like at a show? Both. <laughs> you got both of me. Let me. I was at a show with Tory Lanez one time. 
and this fan was going so crazy, she was backstage with her boyfriend, and like Tori had like left the venue, and he was trying to get in his in the in the whip, and as he waking his making making his way to the car, the lady like broke away from her boyfriend, like he was trying to like hold her back, but she broke away and started chasing him. Was like Tori. And she fell. She had heels on. She fell and broke her whole leg. Oh. Her leg just snapped. I'm oh. like, yo, her leg, bro. Yo. <laughs> yo. That was wild. The leg snapped. That was wild. But that wasn't the my fan, though. You know what I'm saying? But um, on tour, nothing really crazy happened on tour, to be honest with you. I'm not even going to hold you. Like, I'm not trying to say that. To, that's not the media yeah. training. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, really to myself most right. of the tour. Like, I just really didn't do much. Um going out you know it was COVID too I ain't mm, playing yeah. them games I ain't outside yeah, like that like, yeah, you know. nah. um, I was playing it pretty chill the whole tour I didn't really see nothing too crazy I mean it was it was fire moments I could tell you like what was one of the most fire moments for me was when I performed I think in Huntington New York mm-hmm. and um, one the crowd was just fire it was just one of those vibes I don't know if you, have, you ever been to a show and it just give you like one of them it's just one of them ones yeah, um, for what yeah but also like some of my closest friends got to come up to the show and, um, you know, they was in the section and everything. We chilled before the show and all that, and they got to see me perform. But this was their first time seeing me perform at, like, this level. That's so right. that was a really, like, a dope moment, too. And um, it was just a lot of emotions running high that day. Just, like, you know, everything just playing back through my head of, like, how far I've came to this point so far and just how much further I got to get to. It was just I felt like I re- I felt like I – I felt really present in the moment, like, yo, I really worked really hard to get right here right now. Right. As I'm performing, like, I wanted to cry. Like, I'm like, yo, this is, I'm looking at the crowd like, yeah, this is, this is it right here. This is a, this is one of the moments where you realize what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And um, it was just really an inspirational moment, too. When I got off stage, I'm just like, man, like, I can only imagine when I get to where I'm trying to go, when I get to the level I'm trying to be at with this and this is my crowd. This is a Benny crowd at this time, but they showing me mad love. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, I think the craziest part about tour as a whole to me was that I realized I really got fans mm. that I didn't know. Like, I didn't know. People fucking with you. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so <laughs> – like, Buffalo, a lot of people know me already. Like, I've been grinding in the Buffalo music community for a while, so it's like yeah. people might even be fans, but it's just like we know each other. We're so comfortable around each other at this yeah. point. They don't, they don't come across that way, even if they – People, I could be, I'm fans of other artists, but I know them, so it's always different. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, but like when you, when there's people who know the words to your songs that you ain't never seen a day in your life, that's really like, yo, like your song said, meant this to me, or your song is this, yo, can you sign this for me? Can you sign that? It's like, that's hard. That's, it really kind of like put things in perspective for you and be like, it, it just confirmed for me, like, this what you, this what you're supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? Lie, uh, a similar thing is when people come to us and recite what we say on the podcast. Like, mm-hmm. people come up to me and be like, "Oh yeah, y'all said this at this point on this episode." I'm like, "Yo, I make, I edit it, I listen to it ten thousand times, and I can't even tell you what episode that's from." But they can recite everything word for word what you said and your viewpoint. And I'm like, "Yo, I don't remember that at all." But that's fire. How like somebody can come to you and tell you exactly what you said, and you go back and listen to it. And it's like. Damn, I did say that. And like, you really pay attention. You understood me, just off of just this. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. and music is definitely that. That's what you portray. But on the podcast, similar the same way. You mm-hmm. listen to it, and like, the consumer is gonna take it how they take it. And when they when they take it how you you stated it, it's just fire. And like, they spit it back to you. It's like, damn, 
Facts. Uh, y'all is listening. Facts. Yeah, I was just talking to my girl, I think today or yesterday, she was singing my song, right? Mm-hmm. And this is my girl now. Like, I know her. But it's <laughs> like, it was one of the moments where it's like, yo, you really know the words to my song. Like, this is idea that nobody in the world had ever heard that was in my head. And I just decided to write it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could have wrote this on a piece of paper and never, and I don't record it and nobody would ever know this idea. But like, this is something that at one point in time, I'm the only person in the world that was thinking this. And now people around the world is singing it back to me. Word. That's crazy to me. Like that concept is just like mind blowing low key. Like, and this, this is coming from my girl on FaceTime with her. Like she was <laughs> singing my song. She was working on some things about myself. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, that's wild. Like she really, <laughs> I thought of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, she's singing yeah, it. She's saying, like, I'm like, I like, thought of that. That's, that's me. I'm in this. That's crazy. No <laughs> other way, you know? You know what I'm saying? That's wild. But uh, I wanted to ask you about your your creative process when it comes to recording, actually. Do you, like, freestyle or do you, like, write it? Or is um, it, like, a mix? Well, you say, all right, so let's like, that's, that's, get down to the nitty-gritty because okay. as an artist, <laughs> as a rapper, right, uh-huh. people always be like, do you freestyle? Now, what do you say freestyling is? You cut a beat on and I could just spit for four minutes and it all makes sense and it rhymes? Well, no. So I'm looking at it more so like you might just have an idea or you might just have like a melody in your head and you kind of work it out. So like you might have a line, be like, that's good. And you had that recorded mm-hmm. and you would play that back, like go to the next in? line. Yeah, punching. Yeah, that's, okay. what, that's what I mean. It depends on the song. So mm-hmm. like I got songs where I, I, haven't, I don't write it. I have to go back and write it in my notes because for copyright purposes and like mm. lyrics on <laughs> lyrics on DSPs and stuff. But like, um, there's songs where I just hear the beat and I'm just like, I just get in my zone. And I just cut the mic on, just saying, going line by line. And a lot of times I feel like that's some kind of when my hardest music come out sometimes. Mm. Um, but also, the pen, no, 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 nothing beats the pen. Just sitting there and just right. rhyming, just rapping, just writing. And like I like really crafting it like that. I like to push the envelope. I like to I like to push my pen like to the furthest to its ability at that whatever given moment. So like, um it's a little mixture of both, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like when I'm doing like more melodic songs, I tend to freestyle a little bit more because you gotta think of the melody and the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I kinda just get the melodies out and then I probably go back and put lyrics to it, or I'll probably think of a lyric and rap it and then I sing a melody over it and then take out the rap and now I just got the melodic part but it just depends like mo- but most of the time i'll say like 95 percent of the time i'm writing it down um and then yeah whenever you nah, i ain't about to say that what i'm about to say because i feel like that's like a i feel like people know this already i'm just gonna say it because i'm i'm like i said i'm authentic you know what i'm saying as an artist i'm gonna stop saying i'm not gonna say these things because it's not like mm-hmm. i'm getting myself in trouble but when when people be freestyling on like sway in the morning and stuff like that, them is not freestyles off the top of their head. Oh, we know. Yeah, we know. everybody know that, right? All right, all right, cool, 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 cool. cool. <laughs> you know, but I definitely always got verses locked and loaded yeah. that nobody ever heard. That I'm just like, I got some bars for right. you. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? But um, but yeah, I would say my my creative process ninety five percent of the time is I'm sitting down writing it. Mm. Um. And you know, as far as beats and stuff like that, it depends. Like some, I've written song, entire songs, and then came up with the beat later. I've made beats that have been sitting there for two years, and came back to it, and it hit different. It hit different. I go add something to it, or take something out, or leave it as is, and just get inspired again to write. So, 
I be whatever like I work purely purely off of inspiration. So like I, I'm the type of person who will make a whole project at once, and then sit that to the side, right. and then have a whole nother idea, do a whole project collective, sit that to the side, and I will have projects sitting aside. So it's like when you hear like the Soul Project, <clears throat> those songs all came around the same time. Like it wasn't like I picked songs from like a year ago and it was like I need that mixed with this new joint and this. It wasn't like I went and handpicked them. I really crafted that on purpose the way that it is. So what you're hearing is like from start to finish, like that's the whole creative process mm-hmm. is what you're hearing. And I like to do my music like that because I feel like it's more authentic and that's how you get cohesive sounding projects. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Instead of like people put together an album that take a year and now you got songs that you was writing a year ago mixed with songs you just wrote yesterday, you might be a totally different person by then. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that song might be you a year ago and now mm-hmm. new experiences came and you saying this and it contradicts what you just said in the beginning of the album right you know what i'm saying so like got you things like that could happen so i try to like keep everything like i work purely off of inspiration so when i'm inspired to do something i just do it until i get it out and then it's on to the next idea um sometimes i go back and revisit and retouch things or i get re-inspired by that and go add that to the collection too mm-hmm. but i like to separate things i got like a lot of bunch of different like groups of just work, whether it's right. visuals, whether it's songs, all of that was inspired by A, B, and C. Put that right here. Right, right, right. Then I'm fresh idea, clean slate, and do it again. You know what nah, I'm saying? That's you had stated uh, like you, you have beats from like two years ago, and uh, I was I was just watching another podcast, and uh, you had your hand in the Bills Mafia anthem, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. You just made me spill my tea when you said that. <laughs> spill the tea because you be having tea time too. We'll talk about that. Yeah, too. facts, facts, all puns intended. But uh, um, yeah, the anthem, bro. Like, yeah. So the Bills Mafia anthem, again, taking advantage of opportunities. Uh, Benny was like, "Yo, I need some beats. I'm about to do this song." Me not really knowing what they was talking about doing the song. He like, "Come to the studio. I need some beats." Say no more. I put him to the studio. Um. And then they told me what the idea was, like what what they were doing it for, and I'm like, all right, we need an anthem. We need a we need like a a Super Bowl sounding song. Like this is what they yes, playing coming out the tunnel song. Um, so you know we needed that big sound. So that's my thing. Like you know, like I said, the trumpets, the just the big live instruments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. So like we going through beats and stuff. I was playing first. I was playing my freshest stuff because I'm like to me always the freshest stuff is the hottest and any artist would say that probably that like whatever you just recently made is like my hardest and they was like nah 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 i'm like yo <laughs> all right all right i go open some random pack of beats that i had i don't even know what it was called what it was named or anything like that and um, i picked the beat and they like this one right here i'm like this one <laughs> bro i looked at the date that joint was from like probably five years ago mm. might be longer than that at least five years ago it was a it was a beat. I remember making this beat too, cause the, the melody of it was so like unique that it's like mm, yeah. I remember specifically making this beat. But it was on an old computer, my mom old like desktop computer that I don't even have anymore. Mm-mm. So like I can't even get the files from it. I just had wow. the beat on my laptop on my hard drive. So um, that's another you know just you never you stash stuff. You never get rid of stuff. You never know what something might sound like to somebody else. Um, so that was a beat I had that I wasn't using that fit the sound, and then we just read it, we wrote it, I co-wrote it as well. You know what I'm saying so I produced the beat, co-wrote it. Um, my voice is on there too, mm-hmm. um, and the background vocals and stuff like that. So I had my hands in you know, the whole production of it. We all we That's made fine. it all in one night. So you know, like you know, Benny went and did his verse. 
he did what he do best. So and that's the anthem. And that's the Bills Mafia anthem. anthem. And I also I also produced Grams on the Water for the DJ Drama mixtape. Uh, mm. Um and uh Yeah. That beat video is crazy. Facts. That joint, yo, shout out to that video. It's almost at a million streams on, on YouTube. A million a million views. I think it's at nine hundred thousand. Get that to a million. <laughs> <laughs> run it up, run it up, run it up. Run it up. It up. Run it up. But um it did reach over a million on DSPs though. But that was like a dope accolade that I was able to add to my resume last year of just a million streams, and I didn't even rap a single lyric. Right. So that was something I felt like really proud of. Like I produced songs that collectively went did over a million streams in a year. That was like I was like, okay, we yeah. reached a million. That's right. right. That's like I feel like as an artist or a producer or whatever, like a million is always a number that people look for. A million yeah. streams. M is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, M is crazy. M is crazy, bro. So, so, you know what I'm saying? But that's crazy. You know, stack the coins and reinvest. Absolutely. Do it again. Yeah, I'm always a firm believer in do it again. Exactly. Do it again. I'm saying that's up. that's kind of like a good mantra to live by. Just do it again. Keep um, doing it. Uh, if it's good though, don't do bad yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wanted to ask you about. Um, so the name, I know previously you said that. <laughs> Bro, I got a hole in my lip or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's joint smacking though. Thank you. I appreciate you. But yeah, nah. You said it had the the quadruple oh. meaning. The album name. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the EP name is Soul. <clears throat> it's like it's like mad meanings, right? So, the most obvious one being sun. You know, soul is the root word, like the Latin root. For the word son in our language, we call it son, but in a lot of other languages, the word is soul. Um, so that's one. That's why the red sun is on the on the cover the art. Cover art. Yeah. yeah. And then. Um, Where'd you get that from, by the way? I'm not to mean what? to cut you off, the, uh, the cover art. Cause like, I was looking at it, it looked like uh, more like Japanese art. Because if you ever notice, like, they they flag is the rising the, sun. The rising yeah. sun, yeah. Yeah, so it, it kind of reminded me of that. I was wondering if you drew inspiration from that, like, anywhere in particular. After I. Like, cause I I designed it, I made it. Okay. So it's like after I did it, I'm like, you just like, t- you take a step back yeah. and look at your art piece, <laughs> squint a little bit, and be like, yeah, I get, I can see with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, yeah. It, it up, gave bro. me that vibe after I did it, but I didn't really initially, I didn't do that intentionally. Yeah. But I liked, I liked the feeling that it gave. It gave mm. me that Japanese, you yeah. know, like it, it gave me that, it gave me that, it was giving that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, um, so that the sun one is the one is the first meaning, and then. Um, the second meaning is, um, like sun, as in like a a son, like a father and son. Mm-hmm. Um, if in a religious, from a religious standpoint, usually a family's firstborn son inherits, you know, what the parents have. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's it's his responsibility to kind of make make the most of it. Um, I'm the firstborn child, or the firstborn son in my family. You know I'm saying I have an older sister, but I'm the firstborn son, and um, so that is that. Also, the third meaning is soul, like, you know, soulful music, like I was telling you before, like the soulful inspiration. If you listen to, like, all of the samples and, like, all of the instruments and stuff, they're all soulful stuff. It gives you that old school classic vibe, you know what I'm saying, mixed with the new age instruments and sounds on top of that and, you know, cadences and stuff like that. So um, I think on every song on there, I I produce every song on there. and I co I co produce some of them joints too. Mm-hmm. Like I collab with Bulgaria, um, 
y'all probably know how I did a project with Bulgaria before too. Bulgaria versus the world. Shout out to him. And um, but yeah, so I would take like the soulful samples and that soulful sound, and then build with like trap drums. So like if you listen to every song, like the drums are like the trap 808s, the ha- the fast hitting 808s, with like the you know the hard hitting snares and the kicks and the 808s and stuff like that. Um, I said 808s or hi hats just now. 808s. Fast hitting hi hats. Yeah. Um, with the hard snares and claps, and then the 808s on top of that is just smack. You know, it sound crazy. I thought it was a different, fresh vibe. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Um, so that was the third meaning, and uh, I think I think it was a triple entendre. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a fourth, and I'm forgetting <laughs> it. But if I if it come to me, I'm gonna tell y'all. For sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, Facts. Most importantly, I wanna I appreciate you for pulling up, coming here, and then uh, also the reason why you here. Friday. Big facts. Yo, Friday, February February twenty fifth. I'm a, I'm I'm plugging it shamelessly. Plug it. Do it. <laughs> shamelessly. Let's get, get to it. Shit off. Plug it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Friday, February twenty fifth at Buffalo Ironworks. Come see your boy. I got some heavy hitters coming with me too, by the way. Mm. It ain't just me hitting the stage. It's my boy brother Tom Sose. Bizzle on the beat. Y'all mm. probably know Bizzle on the beat from being an amazing drummer, amazing musician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he debuting his own music as an artist yeah, at the show. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. That he's been cultivating for a few years now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? A couple of years he's been working on this thing. Brother Tom Sos been doing his thing. Actually, me and Brother Tom Sos is closer than what people think we are. You know what I'm saying? He's another upcoming artist from Buffalo. Um, but my best friend, Demetrius, that had passed away that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brother Tom Sos is his actual nephew. So I've known Brother Tom Sos since he was a baby. Wow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We grew up together. Um, so, like, yeah, he's super, super, super talented. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so, yeah, we it's going to be some heavy hitters hitting the stage. So, Friday, February 25th, Buffalo Ironworks. Doors open at 7. Tickets tickets are on sale right now, pre-sale, um, for 15 bucks, $20 at the door. The first 50 people that show up, meet and greet experience. is about to be off the chain. That's all right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We doing autographs. We got merch at the merch table. And we doing we doing it we doing it the right way, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, this is my first time performing at Buffalo in a real long time, especially my own headline concert. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I need all the supporters. I need the whole Buffalo to pull up to this. We gotta sell Absolutely. this event out. And it's gonna be a lot more on the way too, but you know what I'm saying, just let's show Buffalo what we could do. You know what I'm saying? And right. let's show Buffalo that we really know how to support our artists too. It's exactly. not even just about the artists getting the shine, it's about showing that, you know what I'm saying, showing our artists that we do got the support. And that you know what I'm saying, because I feel like I feel like people starting to show that love a little bit more. But let's take pride in that though. Right. Let's oh, sure. let's get rid of that Buffalo hate on each other stereotype. Mm-hmm. Like I know we tired of hearing that. You know what I'm saying, especially as creatives ourselves. I mean, that's the thing we hear the most. But like, even if you're not a creative, take some initiative in ending that stereotype. I know you probably get tired of hearing that too. Like people talking about your city that way. Right. Um, I know people say whenever I say I'm from Buffalo, people will be like, they say they hate over there. Like they say they don't like each other and stuff like that. Like why? People talk about us like that. Let's change that. You change know what I'm saying? So come out and show support, man, and have it. Just have a good time, bro. Good time. You know what I'm saying? There's no restrictions. You don't need nothing to come in except your ID, I think, probably. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you, it's a dope you don't event. even need your ID? It's a dope event, man. Like, think just about pull it. up. Just pull up. Yeah, you get in. Yeah, just pull up. Pull <laughs> up. Pull up. Pull up. You're getting in. If you're under 18, just come with an adult. You know what I'm saying? Very, very uh, all-age friendly event. My music is all age friendly, friendly as well. You know what I'm saying? Don't bring none of that BS to the show. Thank you in advance. 
know what I'm saying? Straight up. And let's have a great show. If I stage dive, make sure you catch me because <laughs> <laughs> I might get in the moment Man. and see what it's hitting for. That's that performer you was talking about earlier. <laughs> Not for real. Let's see, let's see if I uh see if I still got the hops, bro. <laughs> I don't know how far is the stage from the crowd, but <laughs> Listen, man, just don't don't let your boy fall, man. You know what I'm saying? Come up, come out, have a good show. Have a great experience. Have a great time. Where? And just see a lot of good talent, man. That's where we at, man. Definitely try to get the whole gang up in there, man. We're going mm-hmm. to try to experience it, man. Like, now, y'all boys pulling up, right? Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. 100%. Say that. My brother. <laughs> <laughs> we there. Say that. <laughs> Your brother, too, man. Definitely be a great vibe. Like, like, yo, bro, Buffalo ain't seeing nothing like this, bro. Like, yeah, for these, real. These are things that we aren't accustomed to that don't really happen like like that like the rick ross show that happened uh last summer the summer jam joint it's crazy i'm like Facts. damn like i ain't never we ain't never seen nothing like that like in the city of buffalo like, you go to darien lake and stuff like that but like in the city of buffalo aspire yo and this other is, artists need to start come supporting other artists too not to cut you off too but yeah, like yeah. if you're an artist in buffalo come to these shows bro even if you're not performing but everything don't got to be about you no nah. right never that you know what i'm saying Everything don't got to be about you all the time. I feel like artists, we get this ego and we be like, if I'm not performing, I'm not going. Or he ain't let me perform, I'm not going. Bro, mm-hmm. it don't always got to be like that, bro. Come show love. Because right. guess what? When you want a feature, mm-hmm. I thank you for your support. Here you go. You know what I'm Straight saying? Right. When you want to get on the stage next time and we at the we at the arena, here you go. Because I, I appreciate you supporting me at these times. You feel what I'm saying? Like Word. I take I take note of stuff like that. Like, and then as artists, I feel like we always complain about, like, the competition thing. Bro, it don't got to be like that. You got just take the initiative. I pull up to everybody's shows. I don't care if I'm performing or not, bro. I just like, I just love music. I right, think people right. don't be that loving music as much as they right, say they do. Yeah. If you like music, bro, pull up. Even if you're an artist, bro, I don't care. Like, and that's a great opportunity for you to gain more fans, bro. You should be in the crowd promoting. This yeah. is the type of, this is the hustle that I be talking about that. When I was 14, I was standing at the corner stores handing out my CDs. You know what I'm saying? When I was 14, I thought I was rich because I made $1,000. I had a goal to make $1,000 off my CDs, and I did that. Printing CDs. I remember me and my mom was in the kitchen and my dad and my sisters in the kitchen printing out, printing out CDs and hand hand packaging them to go outside in the cold negative degrees to go sell CDs, pulling up to every show, paying money to go out of town to perform. You know what I'm saying? Skipping. I used to take off of school. Like My principals had an understanding when like, he going to do a show. I was that. I was hustling. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to have that hustle that we say we got and really walk the talk, walk the walk instead of talking the talk all the time. Because artists be like, yeah, I want it bad, but y'all don't be at the shows. Y'all don't be at these conferences. Y'all don't be at these, when these A&Rs be having these, be having these seminars and stuff, y'all don't go to those and learn something. You ain't got to perform everywhere you go, bro. Sometimes it's about learning. Sometimes it's about networking. So Absolutely. do that, bro. And please come show love because I'm going to show y'all support too. Always. So, yeah. Make sure y'all pull up to the show. Be there. I'm definitely going to be there, so y'all make sure y'all there. <laughs> be there or be square. Or y'all going to have to hear about it on the next podcast about how amazing it was. That's, That's what I'm fact. saying. That's a fact. Be there or hear about it later. <laughs> and be <laughs> salty. Watching it on Instagram. Right. <laughs> Damn, I should have went. Thank you, bro. Thank you for pulling up. Thank you to your team. Oh, I got word of the day, my brother. Oh, you got, oh, you word, got of a word of the day? I got word of Give the day. Give me something. I need some Straight bars up. for tonight. <laughs> All right. Word of the day is manifold. Manifold. manifold manifold that's how it's that's how i'm reading the you know what i'm saying m-a-n-i-f-o-l-d yes am i pronouncing it right manifold i don't know it's given hey man the kinetic I say, spelling. Man, I say manifold but it could be manifold and i could be saying it wrong 
this is very true. Let's go with that. It's an adjective, <laughs> and it means uh, having many different forms or elements. Many folds. And I said, Young World's artistic skills are displayed in his manifold talents. I appreciate okay. that. For sure, man. I'm adding that to the uh, vocabulary. Manifold. Fun fact, I was lost in a spelling bee to the word cross in second grade. Like Damn. C-R-O-S-S? Yes, I said C-R-O-S-T. It still haunts me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I feel like I just found out the new answer. Like when people be like, "What's your most embarrassing stage moment so far?" Probably that. It wasn't even uh, me. It <laughs> wasn't rap. I hope you. Uh, rap. I hope you make a song called Cross now. What a T. You you got to make a song called Cross now. What a T. Yeah, you got to now. You got to flip the narrative on his head. I don't know what made me say T. I mm. didn't study for that joint either though. <laughs> they gave me like this up. big old package to pack it to study. I didn't do none of that. Mm. Ain't got time for that. But just yeah, I lost on that word. That was crazy. That's funny. It was embarrassing. That's funny. That's, that's definitely. <laughs> My funny parents was like, "How? Like, <laughs> you don't know how to spell that? Like, you should never even been in the spelling bee." <laughs> but yeah. But is it uh, anything else you want to tell the people? Anything else you want to promote outside of the show? Plug your socials, man. Yeah, plug, plug your socials. socials. Yo, everywhere and anywhere at I'm Young World, man. On all DSPs, all social media. Handles are at I'm Young World. You can visit www.imyoungworld.com. Um, I'm hoping to sell all this merch at the show, but if not, we could put it on the website. My manager said yes. We got the head nod. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And even if even if not that show merch, we definitely gonna have new merch on the way. Mm-hmm. I'm saying so. People support. Um, get your beats. Get your mixes and masters done by your boy, as well. Um, just hit me up in my DMs. You could you could email me, contact dot I'm Young World. dot com. Is it <laughs> contact contact at I'm Young World. dot com? Um, but yeah, uh, anybody trying to work collabs features, hit me up, man. I'm always ready to work. I ain't one of them people that ain't trying to work if I don't know you. Let's get it. Let's get it. Oh, you want me to y'all close? Got to end it off. How y'all end oh, it off, bro? Thing, man. And as always, on. thank you to the people for listening. Special episode for y'all. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Gay. Peace out. <laughs>